Though youths grow weary and tired and vigorous young men stumble badly. Yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will walk and not become weary. Hello and welcome to the Netcast Podcast, where you will find Bible studies that follow an in-depth approach to sharing the good news about Jesus Christ. I am your host, Mark Hatfield, and my prayer is that you are encouraged by these lessons from the Word of God. Thank you for listening to today's message. I want to thank you for joining me for another episode of the Netcast Podcast. Today we will be studying in a continuation of our series, Psalms of Life, from Psalm 12. And so if you want to grab a Bible and follow along, you are more than welcome to do so. Our subject matter for today is one I have titled, Help, Lord. As in previous Psalms, David is going to encourage the godly as to how to handle the treacherous people that we encounter in this world. His answer will ultimately be the same, that we let God have vengeance and we patiently endure together. This is a psalm that was included in the hymn book of Israel from the very beginning we are told this. From the text we can see that David has written this psalm and it is given to the choir director to be performed upon an eight-string lyre. Now let's read Psalm 12 before we get started. Help, Lord, for the godly man ceases to be, for the faithful disappear from among the sons of men. They speak falsehood to one another with flattering lips and with a double heart they speak. May the Lord cut off all flattering lips the tongue that speaks great things. Who has said with our tongue we will prevail? Our lips are our own. Who is Lord over us? Because of the devastation of the afflicted, because of the groaning of the needy, now I will arise, says the Lord. I will set him in the safety for which he longs. The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace on the earth refined seven times. You, O Lord, will keep them. You will preserve him from this generation forever. The wicked strut about on every side when vileness is exalted among the sons of men. If we were going to outline our study for today, we would say that in verse 1, we hear the outcry of the righteous. In verses 2 through 4, we hear the utterances of the wicked. And then in verses 5 through 8, the pure word of the Lord prevails. So let's begin with verse 1, the outcry of the righteous. We have to make our pleas to the Lord, and it says He will hear the righteous cry. Last time we had an episode together, we talked about what can the righteous do. And this time, David will continue to express some things that the righteous can do in the midst of a world full of unrighteous people. He repeats that he turns to the Lord first. The first question that I have for you is, where do you look for help in times of trouble? To whom do we make our case? The first two words of this song tell us where David looks for help when he says, Help, Lord. David is not turning to the wisdom of men. He is not seeking some other kind of wisdom. He is seeking the divine assistance and salvation of the Lord. The phrase literally means, Save, Lord. So David states the godly are ceasing to exist. His primary concern is that the godly man is being targeted. The righteous have not ceased to be righteous, but rather are being picked off by those who are unrighteous. In some cases, God could be sparing them from the wicked world and taking them early. But in this situation, that is not the case. The wicked are the cause. In Isaiah 57 verses 1 and 2, we read, 
The righteous man perishes, and no one takes it to heart, and devout men are taken away, while no one understands. For the righteous man is taken away from evil, he enters into peace, they rest in their beds, each one who walked in his upright way. And David expresses this by saying that they disappear, these men of righteousness, from among the sons of men. There is still a remnant, including David, but it is obvious that the righteous are in decline, and this could mean that they are being killed for their faith, or they are driven away into bondage into a foreign land. From these two statements, we might get the idea that the righteous people have vanished from the world. They are not parting by choice. As we will see in the remainder of this psalm, David is going to talk about the efforts of the treacherous to wipe out the righteous or the faithful man. We can see it in Micah 7 verse 2 where it says, The godly person has perished from the land, and there is no upright person among men. All of them lie in wait for bloodshed. Each of them hunts the other with a net. Now we turn our attention to verses 2 through 4, where David talks about the utterances of the wicked. David begins by crying out about the evil atrocities of the wicked among the righteous. David sheds some light on what the wicked are doing. First, they speak falsely to one another. This is probably in reference to the lies that they spread about those that are serving God, leading the faithful man or the servant of God to suffer wrongfully. Next, they flatter with their lips and have a double heart as they speak. We see it in Proverbs twenty six twenty eight: A lying tongue hates those it crushes, and a flattering mouth works ruin. Flattery is misleading, and it causes people to become two-faced. They say one thing, and they act in a different manner. They make you believe lies and trick you into a trap that they have set up for you. As in Proverbs 29.5, a man who flatters his neighbor is spreading a net for his steps. The Bible warns often of being double-minded in James 1 and verse 8, and it says that that person is unstable in all their ways. And that in James 4 and verse 8, it calls them sinners who need to purify their hearts, these double-minded ones. Such people are unstable because they don't let their yes be yes and their no, no. According to Jesus, Matthew 5.37, we are to make sure that our yes is yes and our no is no. James, his half-brother, said the same thing in James chapter 5 and verse 12. God hates liars and those who flatter with their lips. It's found amongst a list of things in Proverbs 6, 16 to 19, that are an abomination to the Lord. And these people are destined for a fiery hell, as God, who cannot lie, will not have fellowship with the darkness of falsehood. We know that their ultimate end is in a place burning with fire, according to Revelation 21 and verse 8. Lying is an abomination to the Lord, and we are warned to put away falsehood and speak truthfully with one another and about one another in Ephesians 4 and verse 25. Therefore, laying aside falsehood, Paul said, speak truth, each one of you, with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. And so then David asked God to punish these wicked ones. As is customary for David, he now offers a plea to God to cut off the lying and flattering lips and even the tongues of the treacherous. This is literally a word that is used to cut them off from the community. In other words, don't just remove their lips and their tongues, but completely remove those that lie and flatter from among the righteous in the same manner that the righteous man is vanishing from the land. Next, David adds that the wicked are full of arrogance and they speak with pride. 
The words of these wicked men are captured here in two phrases. First, they say, with our tongues we will prevail. Next, they add, our lips are our own. Who is Lord over us? In other words, we're going to speak whatever we want to. With our words, we're going to say whatever we want to to secure our own victory by ourselves by continuing to lie and flatter, and no one can stop us because we rule our own life. This is a terrible perspective and an erroneous stance on how one is to conduct themselves before God and before our fellow man. The Bible is clear that we either serve God as Lord of our life, or we are by default making the God of this world, Satan, the one that we surrender to and obey. There is no middle ground where we get to choose complete independent rule apart from the Lord God or the evil one who dwells in the pits of hell. The contrast between the righteous and the wicked is plain in this psalm. David, a righteous man, is praising God and seeking his favor, while the wicked use their tongues to lie and flatter and state that no one can stop them from speaking. They have exalted themselves even above God, and they do not feel like they will have to give an answer for their actions or their words before him. Now let's wrap up the episode by looking at verses 5 through 8, where David talks about how the word of the Lord, the pure word of the Lord, will prevail. God will be moved to act for the righteous and against the ungodly according to his word. God is very aware of every affliction of those who are devastated, and he knows all of our needs before we even ask him. And when we serve him, the Bible promises that he is our deliverer. Here the text states that God initiates a move to rescue the godly ones because of what they have had to endure in this wicked world from the hands of evil men. And while the wicked lie in wait, panting if you will, most translations say puffing, like a wild animal with an open mouth at the opportunity to pounce on and destroy the righteous, God intervenes and destroys their schemes with his plans and his promises. Their puffing or panning here is in connection with the breath taken before uttering their vain attacks and their false beliefs that with their words they could blow the righteous away from their straight path before the Lord and claim victory over them. We see this idea expressed in Acts chapter 9 and verse 1 when it says, Now Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord. So here he, we see an attack or a persecution coming upon righteous people, and it says they're breathing out their threats and their murder. And so when we sigh and cry for the help of God, praising him and praying to him, he also hears our groanings and sighs for help, and he is moved to aid us and take us into a safe place away from our enemies. In Psalm 56 verses 3 and 4 we read, when I am afraid, I will put my trust in you, in God, whose word I praise. In God, I have put my trust. I shall not be afraid. What can mere men do to me? Then in Psalm 66, 8 and 9, we find, Bless our God, O peoples, and sound his praises abroad, who keeps us in life and does not allow our feet to slip. You know, nothing will stir a father to come to the aid of his children like their outcry for help. And God is moved when his sons and his daughters pray for assistance and sigh for much-needed relief from their enemies in the world. Next, David says, the word of the Lord stands and will be the bar of judgment for all. So far in our study, we have seen the words of the righteous crying for help and the sinful words of the ungodly railing against God and his people. Now, God's word is held up here as the standard. Heaven and earth will pass away, we are told, but the word of the Lord abides forever. 
Matthew 24, 35. God's word is pure and lovely and will be used as the standard for judgment against all men one day. The righteous rejoice at his word because in it we find great and precious promises for deliverance and that the vengeance of the Lord will come against those who have persecuted and killed the faithful servants of God. In Proverbs 35 and 6 we find, Every word of God is tested. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. Do not add to his word or he will reprove you and you will be proved a liar. And then we find in Psalm 119, 140, Your word is very pure. Therefore, your servants love it. I would also ask you to take a look at Psalm 1830 in your own time. The word of the Lord can be trusted because it has been smelted a perfect amount of times. It says seven times, referring to making it perfectly pure. And there is no trace of dross in his word after it has passed through the crucible of the workshop. There is no falsehood in what his word reveals because his word is truth. John 17 17. In Psalm 119, 160, we find the sum of thy word is truth. We can trust in his revelation. One of my favorite passages along these lines is found in Psalm 19, 7 through 14, and we're going to read that together. The law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true. They are righteous altogether. They are more desirable than gold, yes, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them your servant is warned, in keeping them there is great reward. Who can discern his errors? Acquit me of hidden faults and keep back your servant from presumptuous sins. Let them not rule over me. Then I will be blameless, and I shall be acquitted of great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. And right after David pronounces the word of the Lord as purely refined silver, he states that God will keep his promises to his people. The word them in verse 7 is in reference to the godly ones who are needy from verse 5, but also incorporates the word of his protection for his people. God will preserve his people by that same word forever and ever. The word generation in this text is often used to refer to wicked people amongst those who are walking with God. In Matthew 17, 17, they are called an unbelieving and perverted generation. And then in Acts 2 and verse 40, the, the apostle Peter said that they were a perverse generation. God never changes and he will always keep his promises to his people while punishing the ungodly. You can see for reference Psalm 37. God will also protect the posterity of the righteous perpetually while they serve him faithfully. Psalm 14, 4 and 5 says this, Do all the workers of wickedness not know who eat up my people as they eat bread and do not call upon the Lord? There they are in great dread, for God is with the righteous generation. God will always be with his people. Prior to the vengeance of God's people, it appears that the unrighteous of the world parade proudly their fleeting and vain babblings as if to claim to be victorious. We can see this in 2 Timothy 3, verses 1 through 6. 
But realize this, that in the last days difficult times will come. For men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious gossips without self-control, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to a form of godliness, although they have denied its power, avoid such men as these. For among them are those who enter into households and captivate weak women weighed down with sins, led on by various impulses, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. They do not seem to be restrained or limited in their pursuit of the godly ones. We find it in Malachi chapter 3, verses 14 and 15. You have said it is vain to serve God, and what profit is it that we have kept his charge and that we have walked in mourning before the Lord of hosts? So now we call the arrogant blessed. Not only are the doers of wickedness built up, but they also test God and escape. Do you ever feel that way? They are literally on every side surrounding the godly to overwhelm them with terror. Yet we find in Psalm 36, verse 11, Let not the foot of pride come upon me, and let not the hand of the wicked drive me away. That should be our prayer. But no matter how they present themselves with these puffed up chests and their noses to the sky, they are vile people that have evil at the core of their heart, and their end is destruction by the hand of God. You can see it in Isaiah 40, 30 and 31. Though youths grow weary and tired and vigorous young men stumble badly, Yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will walk and not become weary. It is our duty to wait upon the Lord, and He and His Word will prevail. The godly will be saved. The ungodly will be punished and sent to everlasting torment. And while in this world we are promised that we will endure much tribulation on our journey toward heaven, we trust that the Lord will be true and He will sustain the faithful until they receive the crown of eternal life. Thank you for listening. As we wrap up the show today, I want to give you a friendly reminder that you can go to bonfire.com and still secure a Netcast coffee mug. The link will be in the show notes. In Season 6, titled Psalms of Life, I have a unique offer that relates to this series in the Book of Psalms. If you partner with Netcast during this season, I want to send you the complete outline for the study, but I will also be including the supplemental PowerPoint slideshow to guide you in your study. If you want to become a partner or donate, you can send PayPal donations using netcasthost at gmail.com or visit patreon.com forward slash netcast to learn more about how you can get on board with this podcast. I have also added this podcast to buymeacoffee.com forward slash netcasthost where you can send a small gift of any amount to help support the show. Thank you in advance. If you are not able to support this ministry effort financially at this time, would you please consider doing one of the following? First, please subscribe and continue to be a dedicated listener. Next, please share Netcast with your friends and family and encourage them to subscribe. Finally, consider leaving a review for the podcast wherever you listen so that your positive feedback can encourage others to listen. Take a few moments after we sign off to visit our website at netcasthost.com. Here you will find transcripts of the podcast on the blog. You can sign up for our free newsletter, become a member, and join Netcast for free, which will give you access to hidden portions of the podcast host site. Don't forget to check out our social media platforms on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Be sure to like and follow the podcast there as we use these sites to keep you current 
on what is happening at NetCast. Every new episode is announced on these media outlets. Until next time, God bless you richly. In Jesus Christ, our Lord.